This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop? Marty Sleva, Vince Ingenito. Carly Simon is super fan right here. Carly Simon. <laughs> that was his second crush. Super fan. First one was Chitara. We were just talking about this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Vince's first crush was Chitara. <laughs> Um, so that's out there now. <laughs> the internet knows. <laughs> We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking about uh, Homefront the Revolution. We're going to talk some more about VR. But first, Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. <gasps> I've heard of that game. Vince reviewed it. Yes. Give it a 10 out of 10. Yep. You, nope. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold the phone. I have that's, to go back into the CMS. That's what my, uh, I mean, that's what my notes say. My, my notes say. Uh, it must be something. It is thick. now reality. Uh, this is the second of a trilogy of... 2D-ish side-scrolling yes. Assassin's Creed games. The last one was China, came out last spring. Uh-huh. And I, I reviewed uh, that one as well. I that one as well. Gave that one a, a six point. China. Um, <laughs> Sounded like you said something else. <laughs> Where, yeah, no, I, I reviewed China, yeah. And it was uh, I gave it a 6.4. This one I gave a 6.0. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a step backwards. Like I criticized China for being kind of a little bit soulless and drab. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of not having really any energy or soul. I know that sounds like a weird... Kind of amorphous, uh, critic- uh, you know, way to criticize a game, but uh, it just didn't have like in the art and the environments, it just kind of felt kind of dead, and the combat didn't feel kind of kinetic or interesting yeah. or fun. They fixed a lot of that with India, which was great, and that's exactly what I wanted them to see. There's just flourishes of color, kind of everywhere. Uh, combat feels a little bit more direct, and uh, the animations and kind of the art that goes along with that, and the effects uh, kind of punch it home a little bit more, which is great. It's everything I wanted them to do, but then uh, the mission designs just kind of took a. So what are the missions like? Is it it a typical Assassin's Creed? 
the submission, assassinate this target? So, no, it, it, it was not that, and it is not that, but here's the thing is that I liked Assassin's Creed China in a way, gameplay-wise, only because it didn't feel like Assassin's Creed. Mm. It felt more directly just about stealth and traversal and not a kind of a whole lot of the other... Uh, kind of bloated other uh, mission types like the trailing missions and the kind of instant fail as soon as you get detected it's mm-hmm. your desynced missions. You didn't see stuff like that so, so often in China. Mm-hmm. India relies super heavily on those kinds of missions um, as well as a lot of a kind of instant death mechanics where it's like, hey, there's a hidden tripwire here that you didn't see as you're running through this level and now you're just dead and you have to redo the whole uh, the whole checkpoint all over That's again. Or, you know, or enemies that just come along like about three quarters of the way through the game that just hide in the same nooks you can hide in. You can't actually see them like on the like you can't see them just by looking. Like if you yeah. went into Eagle Vision, you might be able to see them. But if you don't think to stop and look in Eagle Vision, which is not something the game really trains you to do, you can just walk by like a doorway and then all of a sudden up, oh, you're dead. Yeah. Just yeah. out of nowhere. So what it's really interrupts the rhythm of the game. Yeah, I play through all of China and a little bit of India, and I totally agree with you in the fact that the settings feel soulless, uh, which is weird because AC games, for all of their faults, um, the settings are always really interesting. Yeah. It's always one of those things in those games where you can sort of just stand still and have cool things happen around you, yeah. and you can watch and be like, wow, that looks like the Caribbean, or that looks like uh, you know Victorian London. Uh, whereas with these games, it's nothing is happening unless you are moving and interacting with things. Like There are no worlds. There's really not a whole lot of like NPCs or anything like that. Yeah, no, building. Nothing like that, yeah. really. Um, very little. But what's nice is that at least India looks better. I mean, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more in, just visually, just at a glance. You took a screenshot of one and, and of China and then of India, and you look at India and be like, wow, look at all this color, look at all mm-hmm. this life. You know, you, you'd at least be able to appreciate it. I think from an art standpoint. Yeah. Uh, whereas China just felt a little bit drab. So like, yeah, went took a step up in the visual department, but then in, in terms of the gameplay, the mechanics are still sound. Like the 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 platforming controls are still fluid, and they found a surprisingly they really did a good job, a surprisingly good job, of taking the trappings of like a stealth game and just putting it into a 2D plane and, and maintaining a lot of it. So that's really cool. It's just they, they put you in these mission types and these environments where you, you they find ticky-tack ways to just kill you and, and, and give you a fail instead of giving you the freedom to kind of apply those tools in interesting ways in kind of a free way. But 2D stealth has already been done masterfully in yeah. Mark of the Ninja. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfected. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, every time I play these games, I'm like, well, what if I just went back and played Mark of the Ninja? Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wonder what those guys are working on. Was it, is that Clay? That was uh, Clay. Well, Nell, like the lead just... on it, is uh, at Campo Santo now. Okay. Oh, I and didn't since know then, that. Clay's done uh, Don't Starve, Don't Starve and, which I love. Uh, Incog- it, it, Invisible Ink. It was original Incog- uh, Incognita, it was called, but then it, it changed mm-hmm. names to Invisible Ink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then Clay helped out a little bit with, uh, with Darkest Dungeon, which is about to come out. It, looks, mm-hmm. it is so... It's a real good <laughs> veggie. That's so good. Uh, yeah. Tuesday. Next yep. Week. Yeah. So two of these uh, 2D Assassin's Creed down. Russia is still to come. Yeah, that's right. That one looks cool. And that's like the Bolshevik Revolution that's as far ahead as any AC game has been. Well, so... uh, It's like early 1900s? Syndicate was the farthest one. So this one's even... This one's even further. Yeah, this is early 1900s. Um, There's like guns and muskets. Probably Mm -hmm. Russian, dude. Not muskets. What? (laughs) Just guns. (laughs) The blunderbuss. The blunderbuss. after you've reviewed two of these games now and you found them both okay, yeah. do you think there is still a good 2D Assassin's Creed like that that's possible? Does that oh, absolutely. game work in 2D? No, absolutely. Like I, I was, uh, the, what surprised me when I played China was how well they found a way to make those kind of stealth mechanics work in 2D. I mean, like, yeah, sure, it's been done before, um, but kind of in a, I think that what was really smart about the way uh, Mark of the Ninja did it was that they... I don't want to say they simplified things, but they, they, they knew what to streamline and what to keep. 
uh, what would work really well in a very plain way in 2D and what wouldn't. I feel like, for the most part, the AC Chronicles games feel like they're taking most of what you do in Assassin's Creed from, you know, uh, uh, double takedowns and, uh, and like, kind of lockpicking and, pocket and, and pickpocketing and all those uh, d- different ways of uh, blending in with the environment, causing distractions. All that stuff is there, which I think is super impre- impressive that they're able to find a way to make that work in a 2D context. So it's totally there. Just, I would say, China had the level design and, and most of the gameplay, but kind of felt empty and and soulless. Hmm. And then India had more charisma, kind of more life, more color, better art, but the level designs took a turn for the worse. So I feel like if they can just get the the play, you know, the, the, the gameplay and the level designs and the mission construction mm-hmm. from China and mix it with the art and the verve that India has, they'll have a totally good game on their hands. Maybe they'll have a seven. Maybe <laughs> maybe even higher. Yeah, make a good game. Uh, also this week, Marty, uh, you reviewed the console version of Gone Home. I did. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Finally. Yeah, it's got those Chivos. It's got Chivos now. It came out on PC in 2013. Jeez. Yeah, it was weird to go. Yeah, it was uh, early fall 2013. I went back. I was a better writer, then. <laughs> I've, I've gotten significantly worse. Um, yeah, the game is uh, still amazing. I gave it a 9.5 then. It was one of the Game of the Year nominees. Uh, I think the game absolutely holds up in terms of uh, storytelling and exploration and really cool themes and a really amazing cast of characters in a world. Did you find when they ported it to console, did they keep all the ghosts that are in the house? All the ghosts. There's even there's more ghosts. Ooh, uh, 1080p, 60 frames. I 60 spooky frames per second. <laughs> um, yeah, the game's great. It's out uh, today on uh, PS4 and Xbox One. 20 bucks. Uh, highly recommended if you haven't played it yet on PC. Yeah. Really great game. Yeah, and the 60 frames per second is really helpful for the part where you have to shoot all the zombies. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 you need to be basement. really precise. Yeah. And, I mean, this is going to be an eSport, I'm pretty sure. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lie. It was not. <laughs> Please don't tweet mean things uh, to me about this game like everyone else has. <laughs> Just play it. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's a very, very cool experience. Yes. Awesome. Uh, now, moving on to a game that's coming in the not too distant future Homefront The Revolution. Whew. This game's release date is May 17th, we now know. Let me gauge your interest level in Homefront The Revolution. Yeah, I mean, it's higher than I expected <laughs> based on, like, out of all the things that, like, you know, the, the, uh, it came in the sell-off from, uh, THQ. THQ. From THQ. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man. And actually, but it changed hands more than once. Yeah, because it went from Chaos yeah. to THQ, right. from THQ to Crytek. Yeah. Right. Crytek stopped paying people. Yeah. And so Deep Silver came in. And, yeah. And yeah. Like, out of all the things from Deep Silver to, you know, rise out of the ashes of THQ, I couldn't believe that Homefront was the one, but the new one looks really cool. And I guess in its defense, um, you know, Homefront, the first game, was not great, uh, but the idea is really yeah, cool. Multiplayer was really cool. It got good reviews. Yeah. They're not, it was not bad re- badly yeah. reviewed. In my opinion, those reviews are a little overrated. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's a great or especially memorable or interesting shooter. In I mean, it was way. also, um, the campaign was incredibly short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The campaign was like three hours long. Mm. And uh, But what, it, what, like, what I'm getting at is uh, the core idea of it, like America being invaded, uh, Call of Duty sort of touched on that a little bit, but like mm-hmm. it's just cool. It's a neat idea for a shooter. Yeah. Like Red Dawn. So, Red Dawn. Um, yeah. There's, um, more, there's more room there. Like, there's more <clears throat> juice to squeeze out. Remember of. at that GDC before Homefront came out, they put all those balloons in the bag? Yeah. I yelled at? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I played this game at uh, PAX 
uh, and it had a lot of really interesting ideas. Like it's set in Philadelphia, and it's this—it's sort of—it's open world. You're collecting missions. Uh, you can go about solving problems in really different ways. You can be very stealthy. You can use the environment. It's actually There's mandatory. Cool future tech games have to be open world now. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's um, a new law. Yeah, even puzzle games. Which Thanks, Obama. Make sense. It was in yeah. the State of the Union. Yeah, it was in the Stotus. <laughs> um, yeah, really interesting. You can uh, a lot of like weapon customization. You get these little parts, and you can stick them on shotguns and rifles and everything. Um, yeah. I think it's also coming out at a really good time. I think that mace slot ask, is what good. What do you think about that? It's very smart. Uh, I think it might be, it's one of very few games we know of coming in May as that, of right now. Yeah, that and Mirror's Edge. Yeah, I still think right, Mirror's yeah. Edge is going to get delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you were right about Tomb Raider, so. I was, yeah. That's crazy that still, Tomb Raider's still not out yet. Yeah. Um, but April's really busy with uh, Dark Souls 3 and Quantum Break and what uh, really busy Uncharted now? and uh, Star Fox. Yeah, three. Uncharted, I missed it. It happened over the Christmas break that Uncharted was delayed a month. Yeah. And then I saw it referenced somewhere else. And they're like, thanks to Uncharted's delay. And I'm like, whoa. I think that's also going to get delayed till fall. I'm going to say every game's going to get delayed till fall because one or two of them are. Uncharted, Uncharted. Like Uncharted I think Uncharted is going to stick. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's a cool time to also release that kind of a shooter because I feel like mm-hmm. not not that Homefront is in any way like close like super similar to Call of Duty or I mean um, they totally occupy the same space in a, right in a way the, in, a, in terms of market I think it does occupy a similar sure. space even if I wouldn't say it's fair to call them mechanically identical or mm-hmm. or super close but the nice thing about that is that it's it's just like a, a guarantee that those games are going to come out. You know, in in yeah. you know October October November. So if you want to release like a I guess a gritty or more realistic ish modern shooter, like any time yeah. other than that window is actually a pretty good time to release. Yeah, it. and this is the same window Wolfenstein came out in two years back. Yep, Wolfenstein. That, that really that that hit a good spot. And also we don't sure. um, aside from Far Cry Primal, which I wouldn't even say is in the same sort of genre as this. Uh, there's no shooters coming out. There's a ton of games coming out uh, the first half of the year, but no well, FPSs. Uncharted isn't an FPS, but it's it's, it's a core. TPS. Yep. Yeah. It's core core gameplay loop. It's core a TPS report. Yeah. yeah, but it'll take place in Philadelphia. What yeah. if it does, though? What if it does? Brotherly twist? love. <laughs> so in, in Homefront, the uh, the premise is that uh, America has been occupied by North Korea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you in a situation like that? What do you think the North Korea would do with the Korean Americans? Are they occupied as well, or do they like do they get ooh, brought back into the fold? I, I'm just curious. Do they get a chance? Like they get maybe it's a coin flip. Hot coin flips. Coin flip. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would probably have something to do with how many generations they'd been in America. Yeah. You're taking this question far too seriously. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that was a really good answer. I was actually. just wondering. Maybe like first generation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought yeah. we were theory crafting on what it. Happens, yeah. What's going to happen to Anyang? Anyang. Were we to be occupied by North Korea, do you think our Korean food options would... Ooh. Increase. I do like I do so here's the pro and con right con right. all personal Korean freedom food? stamped out yeah. uh, country overthrown ran by a dictatorship yeah pro Korean food almost undoubtedly uh, would improve the kimchi will yeah oh. <laughs> <of> water <laughs> the pickle the daikon <laughs> Uh, Home Front of the Revolution is out May 17th. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have an email from one of our uh, listener listeners named Yancey. Hey, Yancey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I like your bar a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Owner of Yancey's Bar yeah, here in San Francisco. Sunset. Big fan of GameScoop. Says, hey guys, long time listener, first time writer. I'm writing because I just found out GameStop stores are closing all over Puerto Rico. This for me is heartbreaking, see it, seeing as it is my go-to store for video games. Obviously, there are other stores where I can buy games, but it is not the same. I was wondering if this is something you could talk at the show. Yeah. Uh, 
Puerto Rico. I was talking. Uh, <laughs> so we don't live in Puerto Rico. We don't. No, I was talking to this uh, with uh, Jose, who oh. is uh, Puerto Rican American, and he was sort of explaining that like Puerto Rico is actually in a like economic crisis mm. now. Yeah. So this is sort of yes, GameStop is closing, but it's like a bigger thing than that. Yeah. Um, they might actually declare bankruptcy. I yeah. think the yeah. whole like territory, the government. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's a. Uh, I would say it's more of a victim of that than uh, sort of any indication that GameStop as a whole is on the decline, even though I think GameStop as a whole well, is on the decline. Well, it's like we, <laughs> so we like make fun of GameStop, right? Like it's a butt of a lot of jokes, and like I just buy my games yeah, on Amazon or I buy games digitally on Steam or whatever, but it's kind of easy to forget that that's like such a first world perspective and like for a lot of people not that Puerto Rico is not the first world I'm just saying that other people in places yeah. outside of the contiguous United States don't have options to like get a game the next day in the mail or like well Amazon does ship to Puerto Rico interesting yeah. mm-hmm. is but it the same like is it the same like I know like I have yeah. a sister that lives in Hawaii and like it's just kind of a pain to get anything shipped out there mm-hmm. and like it doesn't cost more it just takes a long time yeah, I, I also think we just like I don't know. We have savvy tech jobs, and we live in a pretty yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know, very much in a city. That's like, all. People, all my buddies back in the Midwest, like they all still get games from brick and mortar. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to make any judgments about Puerto Rico or anything. It's really more about us. And like when I think about how I get my games and how easy it is and how fast it is, that like it's kind of easy to forget that other people have uh, just a different experience yeah. elsewhere in the world. Also, we take it, uh, also because of our position, we take it for granted that we can come to, like, every day we wake up and we go to a place where we're surrounded by people we can speak intelligently like-minded. with. Mm-hmm. Like-minded yeah. people, yeah. right. And for me, I mean, I worked for GameStop, well, before it was GameStop, I worked for Electronics Boutique for, Whoa. and then GameStop for, for yeah, and then EB Games, right, for, for about eight years or so. Uh, part-time and, and, and full-time. And for me, before they were publicly traded and before they uh, were um, uh, got, got taken over by GameStop, honestly, the job was build community. It was mm-hmm. talk to every person who walked in the door and make them feel like your store is a place they can go to to find the people who are like them. Totally. And sure. it's easier to find people who are like you now with the internet, I suppose, but like there's a difference between going on a message board and, you know, typing stuff into the ether and going into a store and talking to someone who knows your name and is happy to see you and catching up with them about what you've been yeah, playing. Sure. And if you don't have that experience in your life, like in, in school or with your particular circle of friends or if your family doesn't play games, that's still that can still be a valuable, to me, I would imagine that to some young people that would still be a valuable. Yeah, a valuable for sure. Experience. Like midnight launches for stuff. I yep. have fond memories of going to Halo 2 and 3's midnight launch. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anytime we write about GameStop on the site on IGN, the comments are just filled with right. negative things about GameStop. Yeah. Right? Everyone loves to joke about how little they give you uh, for trading in games. Yeah. And sure. Uh, they'll sell a used new game for three dollars less yeah. than its yeah. regular price. And I was front and center for all that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, when I was growing up, Electronics Boutique, I thought that was the coolest place oh, I in the world. Yeah, totally. Every time I went to the mall, I had to go yeah. into Electronics Boutique and just like see, look at the new games. Mm-hmm. And the guy that worked there was, he was like this redhead who had the most awesome 80s metal <laughs> hair. It was like huge. It was like went up way over his head and then like all the way down to his butt. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, just, I, I just knew he was in some sort of like hair metal. You're like, <laughs> you're like that guy's so cool. Yeah, yeah I used bro. to go into, I couldn't, uh, we didn't have enough money for me to like buy a game all the time. But every once in a while, I got to go in and just pick out a game. Um, it couldn't be like a $60 one, but like I think maybe like, uh, like a Game Boy game or something sure. like that. Or like Game Gear I had when I was little. It's like you can pick out any of these Game Gear games and buy them, and then just the agonizing decision of like, 
Ugh, you don't have anything to base yeah. it on. You're just looking at the back of the box, hoping that it's not going to be some terrible yeah. game, game Gear game. It always no. was. And it always was. I mean, they're all terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, there's a GameStop right on like uh, Market Street, so Huge uh, all of our uh, uh, routes home, and it's like that place is like always crowded. And there's always people on the inside. And they have a big like used game market. And there's a bunch of toys there, and midnight launches have lines around the block. So yeah. people do still care about it. Uh, but I wanted to point out to Yancy that uh, Amazon does ship to Puerto Rico, and now they just announced this new Amazon Prime discount uh, for video games. You guys hear about this? For pre-orders, right? Yeah, well, and even or, two yeah. weeks after the game. So if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get 20% off every video game. That's really significant. That yeah. you pre-order, or even t- up to two weeks after the game is released. What is that, 12 bucks off a $60 game? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. 48, 48 like, bucks? Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I didn't realize it was even after launch. That's kind of yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so I, al- I already already buy all my games through Amazon because you can just get it on day one. It's mm-hmm. like easy. It's like on the release day, the game's just here. Yeah. Every five uh, games, you get a free game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you were talking about it. You believe GameStop is on the decline. And like when I see stuff like this, like, yeah, it's really hard to yeah. compete with. I mean, numbers-wise, it is on the decline. Like yeah. they've, they've had to sort of pivot into They'll, instead of more traditional like, games. Well, they bought ThinkGeek. Right? Isn't that or right? They or they either no. bought or partnered? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna. They're yeah. They're totally gonna double down on figuring out how to sell stuff online and compete with Amazon, mm-hmm. but also become more of like a use. Like they're bringing back retro games like mm-hmm. NES and SNES and Genesis games right. into yeah. the stores and become more of like that. Uh, that uh, like kind of I don't know like collectors. Pawn, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to say pawn shop because that has a connotation to it, but uh, uh, yeah, that collectors be so a we filled with uh, old wedding rings and. <laughs> Guns with the numbers filed off. <laughs> but that's how that company, like, that's a space where Amazon can't or it doesn't have any interest in, like, competing. Yeah, totally. Or even, like, yeah. eBay, it's kind of hard to know what you're getting. Like, yeah. if you are a serious collector of video games, like, you kind of want to see it in person before you pull the trigger yeah. on and it. and I think one of the things that's also helping them is sort of the boom in Toys to Life, from uh, Amiibo yeah. to Lego Dimensions yeah. to Skylanders. And, like, yeah, you can get those off Amazon totally, but you can't just download those on, like, straight to your console or anything. Yeah. And they have huge. Uh, you can three D print I, them. I you would three D print them. I would download a car if I could. Would you? Yeah. Would you? Would you steal a car? You wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> Before we move on, real quick on, on yes. this also is that uh, I think if if they were really smart, they would double down on an idea that a lot of a lot of smaller kind of mom and pop uh, game stores throughout like the Midwest and the center of the country more have picked up on, which is to make your store kind of like a, not not just a place where you buy games, yeah. but a gaming center where you go to play games and you hold events and tournaments and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like think about a lot of uh, card shops and comic shops that you know, a lot, the most success, a lot of the most successful ones hold game nights, you know, will run uh, Warhammer campaigns or D&D campaigns yeah. or magic tournaments, like, you know, do yeah. a draft or something. And I feel like uh, some of the coolest mom and pop places that I saw when I drove across country um, when I first came out here the, the, all the best most successful places were actively encouraging uh, the community like the fighting game community or like just other any uh, different gaming communities to come in and use their space as a as a play space as a tournament space mm-hmm. and as a place to like sit down as a kind of like a, almost an internet cafe and sit down and play games around and with other people and I think I think if GameSpot was uh, GameStop. Uh, stop rather w- wanted to be smart about it that would be an area to uh, going back to my idea w- where it started where it, which was hey build your Build your store as a community. I feel like that's another thing that they should do because that's something else you can't. Like Amazon doesn't can't create that. Mm-hmm. So. They could also just give up. There's that option. <laughs> an option. I mean, is that uh, an option for all of us? 
<laughs> for being real. The only job I ever got fired from was a mom and pop game store in high school. What'd really? you do? There's no cops didn't like the way you were looking at mom. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no dramatic story there. I was working three jobs at the time and I couldn't close because I had to go bartend. Hmm. So okay. let me go. I like that you're you just was bartending when he was 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like bartending, bartending, or barback? And bar one time, yeah. don't tell us where. And you one know time, it was legal. It's state by state. Oh, yeah. it was legal. Yeah. Okay. One time, someone tried to ride a horse into the bar. That's true. Someone tried to ride. A, I bartended at a country line dancing, like <laughs> so a line good. dancing ballroom, like a bar, like a line what? dancing place, and a drunk cowboy tried to ride his horse into the bar. That's a true story. What year? What? <laughs> oh, I was also a time traveler. Oh, the reason I got fired from uh, GameStop was because I got stuck in 1886. <laughs> I, I couldn't, all weekend, I couldn't find a way to get They found out I was from the future and they thought I was a witch. So yeah. they people, fired me. people still have horses, Marty. <laughs> all right, this is. <laughs> I, I'm the weirdo in this one. I'm the weirdo, guys. <laughs> this is Maxim Galarno from wow. the Great White North. What's it? Is that Canada? <laughs> this makes me really Canada. uncomfortable. I think maybe, see he says English is not his first language, so I'm guessing like Norway, okay. Scandinavia, yeah, one of the Scandinavian places. He says, I listen slash watch your show for the last two years. It's the first time that I have such a burning question that I need to write it to you. I seek your wisdom and knowledge, so please do not do a Luke Skywalker and just stare at me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking spoilers, man! <laughs> Hey, Luke Skywalker staring at you is not a spoiler for anything until you say spoilers. Right, that's true. If we would have rode right Thank through it, it would have been fine. Oof, it's true. Uh, <laughs> you do you have a B? <laughs> nope, just A. Just A. B, I think your horse story was real weird. <laughs> I don't think I'm alone. <laughs> uh, Maxim continues, after the phenomenal fall, in the last year altogether, we, gamers, had, I played a lot of wonderful games. Witcher 3, Batman, Rocket League, Metal Gear Solid 5, Fallout 4, etc. I was able to finish most of them. Etc. was really good. Damn you, Metal Gear Solid 5's Chapter 2. But now is the season that is a little more quiet in big release. Sort of. There is a lot of good or average games I missed last year, and most of them are on sale now. Nice. My question is, yes there is one, when is it too late to get into a new game, nah. more particularly in a multiplayer-centric game? Ooh. For okay, instance, yeah. is it too late to try Evolve? or Destiny, Taken King, even Rainbow Six Siege. My fear is there is not enough players still playing those games, or worse, the remaining players are too hardcore. I'll be killed many times and I'll hate my experience. What do you think? That's a pretty good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. And, and this, is, uh, this is something I think about a lot in, in terms of MMOs. Like sometimes I've thought about like, hey, that MMO looked cool. I never got around to it. I want to try it out. But then I'm like, no, everything's figured, been figured out. It's all math now. There's one optimal build. And it's, I, I'm going to be experimenting to find out, figure things out for fun. And everyone's just going to be like not inviting me to their yeah. group because I don't yeah. have what's right. I will say, I want to get back to the original question, but in response to that, I actually like MMOs when I can come into them late and the whole herd has moved on. Hmm. Because then there's not, like if, I used to play WoW a lot and like the day an expansion came out was just a sprint to like, this dude respawns and then everyone's right. trying no, to kill him true. and like all the, that's like, true. it's just crowded. Like it's just, go, it's like going to a crowded mall before Christmas. Whereas <laughs> right. once everybody's moved on, like I mostly play MMOs single player anyway and then it's like, just luxurious, I can go at my own pace and read the quest text, so point. I mean that part yeah. doesn't bother me, but in terms of online games, I mean it's on a case-by-case -case basis, Destiny is still active Oh yeah, heck. You're, you're totally fine with Destiny. Um, like, I would not it, get Evolve, probably. Yeah, yeah so the thing with Evolve is that, um, I mean they're still releasing content for, uh, new content for Evolve, so it's, they're still supporting the game, and like, sure the player base isn't as big as it was when the game first launched. Um, 
the, the difficult thing is for sure, jumping in as a new player right now, especially if you want to play on the hunter side of things, is really, really tough. Because mm. you're at, we're at that stage in, I feel like, in, in the game of Evolve, where if you're playing online as a hunter, you've probably hunted whatever, whatever monster you're up against. You've probably hunted that monster a lot. You've worked with other teams a lot. You know exactly what those other characters in your team are supposed to be doing and what you can expect from them. And you know what you need to do. As a new player jumping in and you've got three other people on your team who are just going to be... I mean, they're not going to be nasty, but they're just going right. to be like, Brah, why don't you know sure. what to do yet? Yeah, so you're totally right. There's there's three things here. There's the player base, and uh, there's actually resources. If you just Google, like, you know, Steam players or whatever, you can find places that track how many people are playing a yep. game. Like, is there 3,000 people playing Evolve a day, 30,000, 300,000? Like, you can see that resource. So if you're playing on PC, at least, that's one thing yeah. that you can sort of solve with some resources. There's Is the competitive, you know, game going to be way too... You're just going to get smoked, Um I had that experience with Call of Duty. Um, Black Ops 3 was new, but it's the same Call of Duty. And I haven't played Call of Duty seriously since five years, probably whatever, whenever Black Ops sure. 2 came out. And I just couldn't, like, I, I haven't played since I was pick 10, so I didn't know what was going on with that. Right. I didn't know, like, I just, it wasn't fun. Like, I went, like, you know, 2 and 20, and I'm not a terrible shooter player, but just that was just the just a playing field that I'm not used to. And it just wasn't. I played four or five matches, got completely smoked, and I'm like, I think I'm just, I don't think I can play this anymore. Mm. Like, it's this thing that people just, that's the only thing they play, and that's who I matched up against, and it just wasn't fun. Then there's the cooperative side of it, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, you run into yeah. that with something like a MOBA, like, you rely so much mm -hmm. on your teammates that if one guy's like, this is my first game ever, what are the buttons, you're just gonna be like booted. Like, that no one, no one wants to spend an hour getting drugged down by a teammate that like can't, can't pull their weight. Right. Um, so yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, that said, like I think Evolve is a fantastic game. I reviewed that last year, and I, I think it's excellent. I think it's worth your, it's worth people's time. It's worth people's money. Um, the DLC is kind of absurdly expensive, but uh, the even if you just get, get into the core game, it's a lot of fun and worth your, and worth you. It's worth climbing the mountain for, in my opinion. But I always feel like. It, unless you're, if you just want to jump in and have a good time right away, I don't feel like jumping into an intense multiplayer game like that late in its life is going to be the right thing for you because you're probably going to spend a lot of time losing and for a while until you get good. And for some people, that's part of the fun. Like I enjoy the climb of that mountain. I, I enjoy getting in and getting my face kind of like torn up until I start to learn and improve incrementally and then it feels good when I start winning and doing better. But for some people, they, they want to jump in and they want their skills from one game to transfer right over. And when a game has been out and developed for, and it's developed, the, the meta has developed for a while, I think it's yeah. tough and you're just going to be frustrated. I will say, if Maxim's looking for a specific suggestion, uh, Destiny is probably one of gaming's biggest sure. turnaround stories ever. Destiny... Um, or I was also going to say, uh, as far as multiplayer games go, probably Star Wars Battlefront sure. is very easy to just jump Battle into. Battlefront's yeah. very casual, uh, mm -hmm. both from a design mechanical standpoint, and I think I suspect it's player base. I actually yeah. don't know if this is true. I'd love to find some way to like find this out. But I tear shit up in Battlefront. Like I'm really good at it, and I don't think it is that I'm really good at it. I think it's just there's way more people in those matches. They're like, yeah, yeah, I like Star Wars. I'll buy this game compared to like yeah. Call of Duty, where it's like people buying it because it's Call of Duty and they love it and they know it, mm -hmm. and like. Yeah. I suspect that Battlefront is a little bit more casual audience, which yeah. lets me succeed. They have a great uh, television commercial campaign that just shows oh, yeah. people like jumping yeah. into X-Wings, and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, that's, that looks like a lot of fun. I yeah. 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 
Yeah, and I think I think people play that game a lot more casually. Yeah. But but Destiny is an example. Like I've never been more disappointed in a game in year one and more enamored with a game in year two. Like the Taken <laughs> King is so good. It's great. Yeah, um, Destiny's one of the yeah. rare games where it's almost better if you jumped in a year late. Yeah, no, for mm-hmm. sure. sure. I agree. Yeah. And they give you tools to catch up. You don't need to worry about you know grinding yeah. up your level or anything like that. So um, I, I I really really think Taken King is really excellent. Yeah. In terms of single player games, I don't think it's literally ever too late to yeah. jump into something. No. Right, a cool campaign. Cool campaign's a cool campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely games that... It's a that... Miyamoto quote. Yeah. <laughs> a cool campaign is a cool campaign, but a cool campaign is a cool campaign. I don't know Japanese. <laughs> I, think I, might, I think I might have messed that one up. <laughs> uh, our next email comes from Big Tony Style. Big uh, Tony Style. Big Tony Style. Uh, he says, it looks like VR is going to drum up a lot of interest in 2016. Mm-hmm. What are some older games you would like to be you would like to see reimagined for a VR experience? Metroid Prime. So yeah. Oh, the most overrated Nintendo game of all time. <laughs> Get out! But I can't. We still have show. Finnegan will yell at me if I leave. Pong. Older Pong. I mean, I could see ping pong uh, working in. Uh, no, you want to know what you know what I would love to see? Uh, not even not even joking is uh, uh, Mist. I would love to see a VR, a fully three D, fully three D realized uh, so version of that. People, some people in the office are playing uh, The Witness. I hope that's okay to say. I said it. <laughs> uh, I'll bleep it out if I have to. Uh, but I want a, a game like that is very mist ish and mm-hmm. it's recent, and I wonder if it could be uh, fitted into VR. Yeah, yeah I mean Portal Two. Portal. Yeah, yeah. Portal I mean I played games, a yeah. Portal VR demo in Vive, and it was it was like a thing made just for it. Yep. It was sort of an experience mm-hmm. thing, but it was awesome. People, people will figure out eventually long-term first-person shooters in VR. I mean, E-Valkyrie, like, there's already some games kind of doing it, but in the meantime, while we're really sort of figuring out what works and doesn't work, stuff that doesn't really require that twitch, you know, you have to make a decision or do something right this second, yeah. like, where you can just kind of look around and ponder the environment, like a Portal Mist-style game would be yeah. really great. And also, like, even, even for shooters, though, like, it's a matter of them. So the, the way you think of uh, VR is... I think in the ideal sense is not that it replaces the right analog stick, but that it's like there's moving with the left, there's you can do something sh- new with shooting, the right analog stick. Right, exactly. There's shooting with, but I would say that maybe there's aiming with the right, and then it's and then and then the VR is just looking, and that yeah. can work if you design it the right way. So like that's, someone that's may- so important. You just touched on something that I don't think people that have that if you haven't played VR, I don't think people understand. Is VR lets you divorce aiming from looking. Right, yeah. Which you've never been able huge. to. Like, normally it's you look to the right, thing. so you aim to the right, and now you can be looking over here and shooting over there. And, yeah. like, that opens up a whole new design space that I don't think a lot of people really appreciate or they understand. Don't. Until they don't. Until you get it in your hands, you don't like. like I was, the big thing is, like, the big, like, Eve Valkyrie is the one where, like, you can look up around uh-huh. behind you to, like, see what's going on over there, and then that doesn't change what you're firing at or yeah, anything like Yeah, like, I was playing a Drive Club uh, demo at PSX. I was playing a, a Drive Club uh, demo, and I'm not the hugest fan of Drive Club's, like, racing mechanics, but what I thought was amazing is I never like to race in racing games. I never play from the yeah. cockpit, even though it's immersive and it looks cool, it cuts off so much of my situational awareness. Yeah. But when I was playing it in VR, I stayed in the cockpit mode because if I wasn't sure how, um, I'm like, how sharp is this turn? I don't want to look at my mini map. I want a sense of it. So I'm making a, I'm making a sharp, like, you know, almost hairpin right turn. Right. And I'm turning the wheel and I'm looking into the turn the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, I got a little more to go, a little more to go, a little more to go. Okay, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And that's like, you can't do that without VR. But not to get sidetracked, my point, my original point was that uh, I've played kind of like a, a, a version of Half-Life 2 that was kind of 
Um, like kludgy VR. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I did that on Oculus. And you could tell the game wasn't originally designed that way. Um, but I, I feel like even based on that, what the main thing there is like rendering more of an arm and a hand so that if I'm looking this way while I'm shooting yeah. that way, the arm and stuff, that all looks right. But other than that, it was totally, totally functional. It didn't, it didn't disrupt my, my ability to play a first-person shooter in that sense at all. And that just Half-Life 2 happens to have this amazing world that's really great to experience in that way. Mm. So it, it can totally be figured out. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned uh, Metro Prime because Nintendo's been very quiet on VR. Oh, yeah. Like they haven't really addressed I mean, it at all. Yeah, completely absentee. But I wonder about something like Mario 64. Yeah. Uh, like a, a 3D platformer so like that. I think th- everyone always immediately goes to first-person games, and I think yeah. third-person games we know games there are 3D totally. platformers coming. Yeah, Lucky's Tale is yeah. launching. It yeah. comes bundled with yeah. Oculus, which so is a 3D could, like, platformer. A, th- a 3D Mario platformer? I, mean, I, I, I think I could absolutely see playing through Mario 64 or Sunshine yeah. or even Galaxy in that, where your head is <clears throat> sort of the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your vision is the camera, and one of the coolest things about VR to me is uh, being able to sort of like... When I, when I was playing the Vive, uh, y- the world sort of becomes a diorama, and like there was one where I'm standing up and looking down at something, and it's like you're, you have a god's eye view of it. But if you like get down on the floor, like you're you're right down there with it. And so I'm thinking of stuff like SimCity, to where like you build a city, right. and you're viewing it from a tactical, you know, strategic simulation from up top, and then you sort of just like lay down on your carpet, and you're like in the city, and you're like looking at stuff and looking at what's happening to people. And sure. I think it's really cool. And I played Res on PSVR, and that worked perfectly. Like Res I want to see stuff yeah. like weird stuff. Like I want to see like what a Parappa the Rapper game looks like in VR, or like Katamari Damacy. So something occurred to me today yeah. that I hadn't thought of before. Card games like Hearthstone Ooh, or uh, Magic the Gathering in VR. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be uh, amazing. So in Hearthstone, maybe you're sitting at the table in the tavern. Yeah. There's all these like Warcraft characters yeah. around you, like you cheering hear, you, you almost on. hear you hear like the din of the bar. Yeah, around you. exactly. Yeah. Or Magic the Gathering, like uh, you're you're like lands and your cards are representative of things. Yeah. But what if instead of like playing cards, you're like actually like the more like for the land cards that you have, you're like. The, the trees are, are being increased be around you. Yeah. And, like you're actually seeing like the creatures that you're yeah. summoning. Up yeah, in front of you. like a version awesome. of like Star Wars chess on steroids. Yeah, where, like, yeah. yeah. So you're like in it. You're not yeah, watching yeah. it from up here. You're in inside. Yeah. The, That'd be awesome. You can see your opponent across the field. Oh yeah. my god. It Honestly, so I think <laughs> first person things are the tip of the iceberg for VR. Yeah. I do think they have the, there's the most upside there. Like Super Mario 64 and VR would be really cool, but I don't think it's that different than just being super close to your television, except you know the motion tracking. Um, that's why I just think I think first person like yeah. the racing. Like I feel like it changes the way a racing game is experienced in a way yep. that I don't think it does for third person stuff. But I still think that there's. I think you're right about SimCity and card games and a lot of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of upside in a lot of different genres for sure. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, Tetris. Tetris. So I, I was saying Tetris. Blocks are just coming. So no, I played it. I played it. I played it. What VR Tetris? Super Hypercube. Super Hypercube. I didn't get a chance to uh, to write the piece I wanted to write about it after PSX because other things kind of took me away from it. But I I could not. They had to pry me away from from literally. Polytrons. Like literally, like yeah. po- so. Polytrons, a new VR game, uh, Super Hypercube. Yeah, they they had to pull me away from it. And yeah. so what it is? This is now. I want I want to tell you about this real quick. So. Think about the 30 seconds of fun that is, well, that's not even, it's like two seconds of fun is Tetris, right? Where you get a new block and then you figure out where that block goes and you drop it. That's the two seconds of fun of Tetris. And you get this good feeling of, I I put the right thing in the right place. Awesome, I feel good. So they take that and basically you've got the, the cube is in front of you and it starts as just a square and there's a wall that you're coming up towards that has a gap in it that is 
a, a certain shape, and you have to rotate this uh, this polygonal shape to fit that profile to make it through. So it starts, you're just putting a square through a square, nice and easy. But then every time you go through uh, through a peg, something gets added on to that. So now it becomes a tetrad or it becomes all these other elaborate shapes. You have to find the way to rotate it. The trick about it from the VR perspective is that the thing eventually becomes big enough that you can't see the wall and the hole that's in it. So you end up looking around the yeah. shape or having to rotate the shape so you can see it. And, it's almost um, like those Japanese uh, game shows where like, you yeah. have to like, conform your body because that yeah. wall is moving towards you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just like the idea that that starts as something that you could do in non-VR. Like, you could rotate a shape oh, yeah. with, yeah. you know, but you need that VR element to eventually look around the yeah. thing that's yeah. obscuring your view yeah. and get your body involved in a way that feels natural yeah. and not tacked on. And, and they just, uh, they nail the, the, the feel of it. Every time you drop one of those blocks through perfectly, yeah. it just get, gives you this very tactile feel. And they even, uh, another nice little touch is they go so far as to render the controller, the PS4 controller, oh. in a weird, like Tron-like wireframe in the yeah, like in the that. game, and it, and the PS camera tracks the light bar for it, so you see like a kind of a techno light wave version of your uh, of your controller in the in the game space as you're as you're as you're manipulating it. So it's pretty neat. VR is going to be so cool. It is going to be really cool. <laughs> I'm excited. It is definitely exciting. All right, it's time to play video game 20 questions. Oh boy, here we go. Oh yeah, everyone knows how this works. You guys have 20 yes or no questions to guess this week's mystery game. And uh, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we have some sub-pack prize packs that we're giving away to uh, people who write in and suggest games for 20 questions and get selected. And uh, we, we demoed the sub-pack a couple weeks ago on GameScoop. It's a backpack that's Originally made for uh, music production use that allows you to feel bass frequencies in the music that you're working on. Uh, but then they're also like trying to branch out into video games, and so you could wear it while you're playing a game to feel explosions, feel gunshots, that sort of thing. That's exactly uh, what I want to feel when I play games. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we have a, a sub pack, prize pack, Fallout 4 prize pack to give away to our winner this week. And the prize pack includes the Fallout 4 Vault Tech sub pack seat back system, a Fallout 4 Pit Boy edition. Pip-Boy bobblehead, Vault-Tec headphones, Vault-Tec mouse, Fallout 4 messenger bag, Fallout 4 mouse pad, and Vault-Tec hoodie. And this is all, all going to Todd Chillman. Oh, nice. Congrats, Congrats Todd. Todd. What a great name. His last name is Chillman. Yeah. Oh. He's one chill dude. He has anxiety problems. <laughs> uh, anyway, you may now begin trying to guess the game that Todd Chillman... I think it's Legends of the Mystical Ninja. Suggested. <laughs> Nailed it, first try. That would be amazing. Uh, did it come out after uh, January 1st, 2000? No. Oh, is it going that way? Are we going? Oh, oh no, I just did touch his on. Okay, cool. Uh, so it was uh, a no. Okay, did it uh, come out before um, uh, January 1st, 1985? No. Whoa. Okay, so. Wow. Jeez. I thought you were going to say 90. I thought you were going to say 92. Wow, so we're in between 95 and 2000? 85. You said 85, right? He said yeah. 95. No, he said 85. No, he said 85. 85. Yes. yes. That's why I was surprised. Oh, wait, did it come out before or after? I'm sorry. I screwed. I did the same thing last time where I misunderstood. It came out between 85 and 2000. That's what yes. we have after two questions. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. A mere 15 years. Is this game, uh, is this game uh, primarily associated with multiple gaming platforms? No. Is this game primarily associated with Nintendo? Yes. Crushed it, guys. Nice. Legends of... Let's all just go home. <laughs> the rest will take care of itself. So it could be NES, Super, Super NES, N64, or Game Boys. F. Yeah, ask about a handheld right. or a console. No, don't ask about it. It's no, not a handheld. No, 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 no one's doing a handheld. I, I love this qu the question. I tried two. 
Return of Samus. The question I always got, I don't know why I have a thing for this question, but it, sure. does, does, does this game happen on a single screen? As opposed to scrolling? Yes. The answer to your question is no. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's 85 and, okay, is this a, is this a NES well, game? Yes. Okay. Big. It's big. So it's not narrowing down genre. Uh, is this a game part of a series? Good question. Ooh. Yes. But, Although, I mean, uh, I mean, yes, the answer is yes. Star Tropics. Okay. There's two of them. Well, that's part of a series. No, it's not going to be Star Tropics. It's going to be something weird. Like, maybe the first one is here, and then the, oh, it's a Boynton's Block. Excite Bike. Oh, yeah. is, is, you really think, you, you, feel, you feel that strongly about that? No. Excite Bike. We haven't asked, this, we I'm haven't asked, this. <laughs> we haven't asked if, it's, asked if it's made by Nintendo. Yeah, I think that's a, so... Probably is, but yeah. Okay, so is this uh, is this was this game uh, made by Nintendo? No. Oh snap! Okay, so we, we, we eliminated a lot there. Ooh, crunch. Not part of a series, but kind of some weirdness. No, it is part of a series. Oh, it is yes. part of a series, but in a weird way. In a weird way. Much like the hit game A Boy and His Blob, which has another game that came out. Is this? So, are, they, are they still making games? Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. The most recent one came out in the last generation, okay. so. So I don't know if another one will be made. Strider? That wasn't an NES game. Wasn't that a second game? That was an NES game uh, as well. Oh, no, NES game. Um, but what else was there? Like, like Bionic Commando? Well, that's a really good one. Right. Uh, is this a Capcom game? No. That's 10. So we're at, we're at, we're at 10. Okay. Is this a Konami game? No. Oh, okay. that's what uh, I thought for sure it was going to be Capcom uh, or Konami. Yeah. Does the company still exist? Um, is, yeah, sure. Okay. Is the company still around? I have to look that up. Ooh, okay. so it's not, it's not one of the fancies. It's not a Square game. Nope. It's not a... Yeah, it could have been Final Fantasy. It's not Final one of those Fantasy. classic Ubisoft NES games. <laughs> <laughs> what was Ubisoft doing back then? Oh, weird French stuff, probably. Weird French Kiss stuff. Sister Kissers. They were actually... Weird sister Kissers. Fun fact, they, were, they started as a bakery. They just made breads. Yeah. Until, like, like Coleco stands for uh, uh, Connecticut Leather Company. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Should we find out more about the protagonist, maybe? No. No? I mean, I don't know. Oh, we still playing. Do whatever you want for your he's question. He's a cool film up. He's like the Terminator who passed away <laughs> into the Moltons. <laughs> um, Hold on, he's still waiting. Theater of the Mind. So, the, de there's a, the developer and publisher are different companies. Okay. I think the developer is not, but the publisher is probably still in okay. business. Uh, oh, there you go. Do no one yet. Yeah, you just ask a question. No, I asked a question. It's your turn. Never mind. Uh, do you play as a? You, you gave uh, me the worst look. Do you play as a human? Yes. Okay. Are you a boy? Are you a sister kisser? <laughs> Are you a French okay. sister so kisser? Scrolling NES game where you play as a human, not made by, not made by Nintendo. Monster Boy. Sort of a series. It is a series. The original one is the is the well known game though. Oh, that's a lot of information. Yeah, that was a big hint. David's a, a benevolent god. Do um, I'm still trying does, to think. Does the main character shoot? Yes. Pew 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 pew. I'm at a complete loss. It's not gonna. It's not Contra. It's not. No, um, I'm well, not knowing. It's not Capcom and Konami or Nintendo, but was an what? NES exclusive. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, we need to narrow down genre. Your your character does shoot, but and it's scrolling, so that implies that it's some kind of. Are you are you on foot? 
Sometimes. Oh. Okay. So. So. Okay. So now. Okay. Blaster so Master. Yeah. So I was gonna say Blaster so Master. So it could be. So it could be Blaster Master. Okay. So it could be Blaster Master. That would be that. That would be something. And the boy is it, Blob. He shoots jelly beans. It could be. It, was there a Blaster Master last gen? There must have been. Right? Yes, there was. I, there was. A I remake. remember, and it looked ugly. There was. A, there was a remake of Blaster Master. Um, right, I'm just gonna. A couple of gens ago. Well, we only have five questions left. So I don't want to get cutesy um, with it. It could also be, it could also be, um, uh, what is it? I th um, maybe I'm remembering the name wrong. Uh, last Guardian. Yes, that's oh. definitely not right. It's <laughs> definitely not the Last Guardian. <laughs> no, or is it Lost Guardian? Which, not, I don't it's think it's any, any, it's the if NES. If someone wrote down the Lost the Guardian, they can go after It's themselves. the NES shmup where you can transform from a, a fighter jet to a, ro to a, a robot that walks on But none of these people are known. Oh, sometimes uh, you're on foot. Is that Xevious? No, no, no. There's, so Xevious has... Um, Z you're just a ship. Yeah, you're just a ship. Uh, do you, do you, are you a master of blasting things in this game? Yes. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you all know Blaster Master. I was worried that maybe yeah. Vince would be the only one that would know that no, game. I like Blaster Master. Uh, the Blaster Master 2 was on Game Boy. Yeah. And then for WiiWare, they made a new Blaster Master yes. game. Wow. Oh, for WiiWare. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who's the, like, who's the company? Sunsoft is the producer. Yeah. Is the oh, publisher. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The developer, some Japanese developer, like that I'm not familiar with. We did wow. it. Wow, Blaster Master. Wow, I, I love, love Blaster. I love Blaster yeah. Master. Super hard game. Yeah. No, no, like save mode. You had to beat the whole. Yeah. Played it with a Turbo NES controller. Oh yeah. Oh, that was good. Cool. Yeah, no. I like game. the uh, the game mechanic of leveling up your yep. weapon and the, but then losing it as you get take damage. Yeah. Yes. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and also just the idea that, like, when you look back and think about how they had to design levels mm. so that you would have these two entities that work in, that can work in, like, well, one of them can work independently of the other. Like, you can get out as a as a person and then have, so there's side-scrolling areas that, yeah. that have to be designed only for, for the vehicle. The, for the vehicle, and then other ones that are supposed to be designed for you to traverse on foot. Yeah. And then there's these separate dungeon areas that are only on foot that are top down, yeah. kind of. Um, so Blaster yeah. Master's dope. Yeah, it's such really a cool. dope design. Like, and actually, the one for WeWare was actually cool. Oh, yeah. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it comes somewhere that's not WeWare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we go this week, we have a long weekend. Uh, what are we going to be playing over the weekend? Um, I, I hope to be playing Oxenfree. Mm. Um, and Comes on Friday. That's what's, out on Friday. Yep. Yep. What's the pony game on Steam? Is that what it's called? Uh, po <laughs> uh, Steam Pony. Pony, f not Pony Farm. Pony Trail. Pony Rider. Crap. I'm, I'll look it up. You yeah. guys give your answer. Uh, everyone should play Oxenfree over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Comes it comes to what on, on Friday? Friday to Xbox One and PC. Okay. Um, it, it's it's a short five hour. Come out on a Friday. Yeah, super weird for it to come out on a Friday. It's really great uh, adventure game. Amazing story. It's like Freaks and Geeks meets Lost meets Poltergeist. X-Files? Really good. Meets, it's got a little bit of X-Files in it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have a couple, we have a couple review games. You've already played that, so what are you going to play this weekend? Uh, we have a couple review games. Uh, stuff that I've talked about probably on this show a thousand times that I'm going to uh, play. Pony more, Island, more, by the Pony, way. Island Pony Island is the name Island. of the game. Yep. Uh, first person, cool things that are coming out in the next month. I'm going to be playing a mix of Nuclear Throne, since that's my crackdown, I can't quit it. So uh, I like Nuclear Throne a lot. Is yeah. it only on? <laughs> is it only on Steam? Do you know what you just said? By no, the way, said, Did you that's my crack now. I said. Oh, I thought oh, you said my crack down. I was like, no, like, that's like, my crack now. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. Is it only on Steam? Oh no no no! You get a, that. That's on Vita and PS4. PS4. Oh yeah. So I played on Steam yesterday, and I was like, this is awesome. I would really prefer to use a controller. No, uh, I I crack out on that on the, my Vita in the in on the train every day. He I'm said crack like, out. Yeah. <laughs> 
You can probably, I thought, you can I thought probably, he said he crack out. Do you like still have your Polish city? <laughs> yeah. I if you still have your 360, I play most Steam games by plugging my Xbox 360 into my computer. And on your Mac? Oh, well, See, that's a little dicier. Like, some, some games, yes, but yeah, that's yeah. true. You can plug an Xbox One controller. I, I played through Oxenfree on my MacBook Air with using an Xbox, Xbox One, one controller. Okay. Oh. You just download like a little workaround. Yeah, but easy. that's... Well, yeah. I'll just play it on my PS4. Like, that's yeah, so, so... I think Nuclear Throne's awesome. Yeah, Nuclear Throne's yeah. incredible, so I'll be playing more of that as usual. Um, I'll be um, making more of my way through Undertale. I've uh, already played Undertale. several hours of Undertale, but I, I'm dying to play more. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one I'm going to be probably playing the, the most that I can't stop playing, it's like my nightly ritual now, uh, is, uh, is Darkest Dungeon, leading mm -hmm. up to its, uh, yeah. you know, its, its release next week. Yeah, for release. I also have to give a special shout-out to Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which I'm still going ah. strong on. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, you showed me that game. looked surprisingly cool. Yep, it's gotten really cool over the last year. What are you playing? I've I've I'd like to announce I've decided to stop playing Fallout Four. <sighs> I've done. Nobody, done. All right, nobody, nobody finishes Fallout Four. They all everyone just eventually <coughs> makes the decision to stop. Yeah. Uh, but I've been playing this new game Tharsis. Oh yeah, that came out this. Week. I've been thinking about picking that up. I was looking at it it's, last night. It's very cool. Looks it's good. it's available on PS4 and PC, mm -hmm. and it's a turn-based strategy. Uh, dice rolling game where you try to get a crew to Mars. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's a little like FTL. Um, but, but, yeah, di but dice based. Yeah, and yeah. on every turn something goes wrong in your ship. Uh, it'll cause damage to your ship if you don't uh, fix it and you r have to roll dice to like try and fix the problem. Uh, and so then, it's almost like a board game? Yeah, yes, it is yeah, very yeah, much, yeah, like, yeah, very yeah. much yeah. Well, it's yeah. like a solitaire yeah. board game. It's like, do I heal this person up or fix the yeah. fix yeah. the hole? So if your <laughs> ship takes too much damage or if all your crew dies, you lose. And you have ten turns to get to Mars. That sounds awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's really cool. Really it's cool. got cannibalism. It has spoilers. cannibalism. So it's, yeah, I almost don't want to, this is just a really cool feature. Uh, it's a dice rolling game. If you choose to eat one of your crew members, uh, your dice become all bloody for the rest of the game. Oh, and every really time cool. you roll, they splatter blood all ah. over the screen. Yeah. <laughs> It's very cool. So that's Tharsis. That's out right now. And uh, of course, I'll be playing Hearthstone every day. Oh, yeah, you're, you're not done with that one yet, are you? No, no. I've decided not to stop playing Hearthstone. <laughs> I like think you have to make an announcement every week. I've decided I'm still going to play Hearthstone. And even when he decides that he's done with Hearthstone, Hearthstone will not, not be done with him. Yeah. No. Bring it to uh, VR, Blizzard. You're here first. All right, I think that's all the scoops we have for this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Vince. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out. We did it.
so far away You should have seen it coming You found out yesterday Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.